eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one Winning Winning Drive. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And we know that this is Combine Week, Cordell, on um, Wednesday we heard Eric DaCosta as well as John Harbaugh speak to the media, um, uh, you know, about obviously what their direction was. But let's be clear here. The the biggest part of this was about Lamar Jackson. Yes. And it will continue to be about Lamar Jackson until something happens uh, with Lamar Jackson. Um, so, uh, you know, a couple things. I mean, you know, DaCosta, let's talk about the things that weren't related to Lamar Jackson first. The mm-hmm. um, Costa, you know, <laughs> he he talked about um, Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentioned that he's been in talks with Marcus Marcus Peters, and that they've been ongoing. We know that Peters is an agent. He had a ten million dollar cap hit or something like that. Anyway, um, so we knew that that wasn't going to be a thing. But he speaks very high of Marcus Peters. It, it's it seems like that that's something that they genuinely would like. Mm-hmm. And I'm not against it. I, I do think that he struggled, but I really don't know how much of that is just his play has declined or he wasn't fully healthy um, this season and was trying to still fight his way back from injury. Um, So I don't have a problem with them talking to Marcus Peters. If the price is right, by the way, (laughs) the wide receiver position Mm -hmm. talked about, they're going to keep swinging. I mean, he acknowledges that, you know, that's something that they struggle with um, trying to get wide receivers. And necessarily think that like Marquise Brown is a guy that didn't pan out. He was just overdrafted I think. I think he was overdrafted. That's a very solid response. I think Mm -hmm. that he was a good player for this Mm -hmm. franchise in the Ravens. Um, I just don't think that he was necessarily worth a number one pick in that regard. But I wouldn't, you know, I don't think that that was a miss. And we obviously don't know what situation is with Rashad Bateman, who he admitted had his injury was, I guess, worse off than, than what they thought. But because that they made a decision to shut him down ahead, it they got ahead of what could have been worse. Um, so he, he said that he sees five or six first-round wide receivers in this draft. 
if you're a Ravens fan that is tired of the wide receiver situation and you want to hear something, I know I see a lot of people talk about Zay Flowers. They're interested mm-hmm. in that. Maybe this is the, 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 the time for you. So let's get to the Lamar part. Um, obviously, that was a big part of the questions that he received, particularly from local media, um, about what's going on with the contract situation. And when asked about having optimism about if this is going to be done or not, DaCosta had this to say. I don't want to live in a world where there's no optimism, where I'm just going to give up hope. You know, like you guys see me during games and, and sometimes I'm in a dark place at the end of the game when I know there's no hope. We've lost the game. Uh, I don't see that here and I, and I don't I won't feel that. I won't see that here. Um, I, I refuse that because I've seen a lot of deals happen when things look bleak or I haven't seen deals when I would have thought, oh, it's a slam dunk. It takes two people to do it. It takes communication, it takes respect, it takes appreciation for each other, and it takes an understanding of the greater, you know, the greater good and how this thing is going to fit together. So I remain positive. I have no reason not to remain positive. We've spoken recently. Um, we've had good, dis- re- good meetings recently. Um, and so we'll see what happens. So he seems optimistic. Cordell in terms of getting this done. He acknowledged that, you know, these things can get rocky. These things can get bumpy. And he also said some things like, you know, in terms of because Lamar decided that he wasn't going to have the contract talks during the season, it kind of didn't allow things to progress. The same with Roquan, who he talked to during the season. And he even mentioned Ronnie Stanley, who also he talked to on a regular basis. Um, so it didn't really progress the way that, you know, maybe other contracts progress because Lamar decided that he was not going to negotiate during the season. He was going to focus on football. One of the things that he said to me, though, um, I mean, not to me, but to us, you know, <laughs> as, as people watching right. um, that stood out to me. Um, and, to, you know, he mentioned like, you know, things can can turn can get murky. Things can get uncertain in, in so many words. But, you know. It can always come together. And I've been saying this for I don't know how long, Cordell. Money is the best neutralizer of mm-hmm. anything. If they can come to terms in terms of what they believe is, is is good for both sides, none of all of this media stuff will then matter. It can mm-hmm. happen. It absolutely can happen. So when you hear DaCosta mention uh, uh, that about Lamar, what were your thoughts? Oh, I mean, that they want him. I've been steadfast on that from you know from the beginning it's no despite everything that's thrown out here I still have maintained that I believe that the Ravens still want Lamar to be their quarterback and ultimately I still believe Lamar wants to be in Baltimore I've questioned how important is it to him right. to remain in Baltimore but I do believe that these two sides want each other that in combination of what, like you said, with the money still being the biggest factor here, um, it does create the atmosphere for anything to happen. They could definitely get this done um, at some point. And I think right now, you know, it's I, it's it's really crunch time for for the Ravens, you know, because everything is really pertaining to this um, right now. This Eric said, you know, in, in the same press conference that. Um, you know, right now, most of his energy is being put into the Lamar situation. Right. You know, that that's that's just what it is. And it's showing 
in the media, you know what I'm saying? It's showing in any type of Ravens talk. It's at the forefront of everybody's mind right now. So um, I, I do believe that this could definitely happen at some point. Eric has continued to maintain his optimism that something can happen between the two sides. Um, but I did like him talking about, like you mentioned, you know, the difference between getting it done with Lamar and getting it done with Roquan. I think people continue to try to compare the two and it's totally different. It and is. So the similarity is that these two sides are, you know, without an agent, so to speak, it, it, the, the dynamics are different. Number one, uh, uh, paying a linebacker is totally different from paying a quarterback. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it when you got a guy in Roquan Smith who has been willing to negotiate really whenever the Ravens are willing to negotiate, it's totally different from a Lamar who set a deadline that he wasn't going to negotiate during the season. You know, and Eric said it's totally different when you're talking to somebody in your office face to face on a regular basis about that, as opposed to Lamar, you got to try to track this dude down. You got to get him on the phone. You just, you know, you know what I'm saying? And he has used the word. It's been a challenge a couple of times when he's talked about the negotiations with him and Lamar. It's not an easy deal to get done. Um, it can happen, but it's going to take some, you know, it's going to take movement from both sides. I think yeah. closer to the middle and it just seems like, you know, and, and at the end of the day, I think I, I look, obviously Eric's the GM. He's the one that whose name we're going to mention every day. But this is definitely a Steve Bashadi decision. Eric has given strict rules on how far to go. And, you know, and maybe they haven't even reached that peak of, you know, the Ravens of, OK, this is as far as we're going to move. But he's probably given instruct been given instructions to you know, not move further to the middle until I give the word. You know what I'm saying? Like right. he has a boss. He has a boss. And he he's in there with, you know, his instructions. And Lamar is in there going for what he wants. It's just this is what it is. So I think if this was a strictly an Eric decision, this probably would have been done already. Oh, I'm certain you know? of it. Yeah. Certain of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I, I do believe that. Um, it it can happen, but it just it, it, it just because it can happen doesn't necessarily mean that it will. This is definitely something that I think is going to go all the way down to the last second. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Absolutely. Um, also, when talked about the future of Lamar or the, the uncertainty in future of Lamar. Um, DaCosta also talked about that, and he acknowledged that this is putting a wrench in plans. And, mm -hmm. and this is what he had to say. It is a wrench. You don't know. And so, uh, yeah, it slows you up a little bit. It is a little bit, you know, it does kind of, you know, create a little bit of a haze as to what the future is going to look like with your roster. There are some things that we're not going to do right now that maybe we would try to do, but 
there's no bigger question right now, no bigger decision, there's no bigger challenge for this organization moving forward than this contract. So all of my effort, well, most of my effort is focused on this. I would say the rest of it is focused on the draft and free agency, but you're right, it's hard to really have a clear vision of what the future is going to look like until we can get this contract done. So like we all assumed, I mean, there's a lot riding on what is going to happen here. I mean, they want to believe that they're positive, that they can get something done with Lamar. But there's until that happens, Cordell, there's so much uncertainty. And there's really not much you can do in terms of like, how you can go about free agency, how you can even go about the draft until they can really get something done. So, you know, he acknowledged that, you know, basically everything that the sun rises and sets on this deal mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of, of what they can do um, and for the future, basically. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it in nauseum, you know, about the fact that everything pertaining to this Ravens offseason is tied to the Lamar decision. And that's basically, you know, what Eric was admitting to right there. And it does create uncertainty, you know, about what does the future look like for their team? What can they add to this team this offseason via free agency? Lamar dictates that. He not only dictates the money, but he, he's also he's also going to dictate how interested some guys are in coming to Baltimore. It's going to uh, affect people. I said this, you know, before and I, I feel like I, I can't remember who, but I saw somebody else kind of say it on Twitter as well. Um, that this is going to impact, I think, how other teams, how other players around the league look at the Ravens. It's a it's a huge hit all around when you lose a you know face of the franchise type player like Lamar. Um and they all we, we've seen it in the reputation with receivers and how receivers have been perceived in Baltimore and how that's kind of affected guys coming here. I, I really think it's going to affect how other players view the team in itself. People are going to hold people hold the Ravens in high regard right now around the league. That's been proven. But doesn't mean that everybody's perfect. And, you know, right now, this Lamar situation is is going to be deep the, the the ultimate outcome is going to be a deep rooted uh impact i think all around but um the ravens definitely are going to have to come to a decision on this soon because it's literally handcuffing the rest of their offseason absolutely and, and that's something that you just don't want to do and i think that that's a big part of why you see so much um anxiety from the fan base is because i think you realize is that every day that goes by and that has not happened is a day that you're missing time for because not long after the draft, we know that there's like involuntary camps. And, Mm -hmm. you know, last year um, Lamar did not show up to the involuntary camp, which I'm not knocking, you know, it's called involuntary for a reason, but I think we all can assume and probably be right. It was kind of a soft stance on not having a contract then um, that that's why he didn't show up. Um, and, and so you got all of these offseason programs that's going to start. And then if you have uncertainty at your quarterback situation, how does that help anything? How does that, you know, um, 
help you say, I feel confident that, you know, we can do this. And then, but we have the quarterback of our, of the future for the Ravens just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So um, another thing too, before before we go to our next segment, Cordell, when we saw that uh, the NFLPA, you know, what came out and said, you know, we, uh, Lamar needs to stand strong on the line. Basically Mm -hmm. they said he need to be 10 toes down on this whole Karen guaranteed stance. It kind of made me think that they were talking at that point when we when that came out. Why would they say something like that right then and there? And it dawned on me that there must be some talking going on between DaCosta and Lamar and which why they said what they said. So mm-hmm. I'd have to think that talks are coming along, maybe starting to heat up a little bit. And that was them saying like publicly, like, make sure that, you know, you, hey, Stand whatever line it is that you want to stand on. Yeah, I mean, I hope, I, and I and I think he does. I, Lamar has been has shown that he is kind of you know he sh- I don't I don't want to say shelter. He has trust issues. I think a little bit yeah. when it comes to you know um, the business side of the NFL. Obviously, he he represents himself, um, and I just hope that he's using that same kind of, you know, uh, awareness with the PA, because I feel like obviously this is big for them. You know, this will be a win, a win for Lamar is a win for everybody. The He's fighting for the greater good, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? But I, I think at a certain point, the PA has their agenda and Lamar at the end of the day has got to get his. Yep. And, um, Ultimately, I, I think it will. I'm pretty sure it will for him. It's going to come down to it being his decision. Uh, I just, the PA just, it just doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel all the way authentic. Yeah, and that's a conversation we can have for another day because I, I love me some NFL PA slander. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I am always down for that. That requires a full segment from me. Uh, and so we could talk about that more on the Winning Drive podcast and how I feel about how they're affecting mm-hmm. Um, this whole ordeal in a negative way. And this is not me saying that I don't think that Lamar should go for what he wants because it's not, I'm not saying that at all, but it's very possible that maybe that's not what he wants and that they're mm-hmm. trying to push that on him anyway. So right. um, we could talk about that another day, but uh, for, for now it appears that the Co- Costa is uh, optimistic and that's really all you can ask for. I mean, I, I don't know if he's pulling our chain or not, but I mean, if you, if he is giving us a glimpse of hope, which is, I think a lot of people is that's what they're looking for. I think he did that in saying that, you know, they've been talking and it, it, it appears to be optimistic. One other thing I wanted to also point out from the cost is that he also continues to double down on the fact, uh, and even went it more in depth this time about them having that agreement that they would not speak about yes. the terms in the contract. Yes. I think that's huge. Um, because it, he's main, he's he's maintaining that they aren't putting anything out there, you know, um, because of the agreement that they have with Lamar, and he feels assured. To me, it seemed like he didn't necessarily say. I don't think I would have to go back and listen and read the transcript. Transcript, but I didn't think he said that he felt assured that Lamar uh, wasn't leaking anything. But it, it, to me, it came off like. He didn't believe, you know, that Lamar is putting anything out there. Like he feels like that agreement that they have 
is still standing. And that's why he felt, because again, he volunteered to speak on Wednesday. He didn't have to. Um, so he, he, he put, he said that he felt like he had to come out and, and basically re readdress that, you know, because he didn't want it to feel like to Lamar that, that they had broke that agreement. So I, I, I think that was pretty important. Absolutely. I'm glad you did mention that. Cause I, I do think that that's important. 